has been an awakening. Have you felt it? What's up, everybody? Talk to me, episode 20. This is our special Star Wars, episode 7, The Force Awakens podcast review. I've got some great guests on this podcast, multiple guests on this podcast. So we've got uh, Jason T. Smith of uh, Thrifty Business with Jay and A. He was also on the show Thrift Hunters. He was on a past episode of the podcast. Another podcast alumni, we've got Al John Go. He does a lot of great podcasts like Pro Wrestling Cast. He does a lot of stuff with Disney like the uh, WDW Tiki Room and WDW After Dark. Both great podcasts, all great podcasts. And then I've also got my great friend Casey Sweet on here with his podcast review. So many great things to talk about with this great new Star Wars movies. And uh, I just, we will get to that momentarily but uh, as I was getting ready to record this podcast, I just heard the terrible, terrible news that Lemmy Kilmeister of Motorhead has passed away. You know, he was definitely a huge influence on many, many a bass player. And hopefully everyone out there is doing okay with everything. Make sure to keep Lemmy's family in your thoughts. And uh, if you pray, have them in your prayers. So just want to, you know, dedicate this special Star Wars episode, dedicate this episode to the memory of Lemmy. He did a lot of great things for rock and metal. Uh, so many, so many great things. The Motorhead, such an influential band, and Lemmy was such an influence, influential, you know, musician and character in music. So who would win in a fight between Lemmy and God? Trick question. Lemmy is God. Rest in peace, Lemmy. But like I said, this is the Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens Review Podcast. Special, special edition of the Talk To Me Podcast. So, and we're also in the number in the 20s in the podcast, so uh, the podcast is almost legally able to drink. <laughs> One more episode will be there, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I did making it. So, without any further ado... I'll hit you up first with Mr. Jason T. Smith, Thrifty Business with Jay and Nay. If you go check out episode, I believe it's 23 of Thrifty Business with Jay and Nay, Jay and Nay on YouTube. I'm the special guest on that. He's a special guest on this episode. So life comes full circle. Here's some Star Wars talk for you. The Force, it's calling to you. Well, let's get into this Star Wars, man. What would you think of the movie? I don't want to start with a spoiler, but let me tell you, Boba Fett's back and he's pissed. Right. <laughs> uh, it, it was absolutely awesome. It was everything I had wanted it to be and more. And I feel I'm uniquely uniquely qualified uh, to say, A, I was uh, 
six when the first one came out, and I saw it four times in the theater, and it was uh, captivated from that moment on. But B, my wife has seen all six of the other movies at various points in our life, but never as a solid run. So I wanted her to be fully up to speed on who's who and what's what. So we watched all six in uh, chronological order the week leading up to it. And holy crap, are the second three horrible. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty rough. Like, uh... and, you know, and I used to defend them. Like when they first came out and they were in the theater, I think I was at that time in my life happy to have movies. And I, I didn't complain as much. And I actually defended them and all my friends who complained. Watching them now... I, I, I want to, if I see George Lucas, instead of hugging him, I want to punch him. If my memory serves me correct, Attack of the Clones wasn't too bad. But, you know, it's been a while since I've well, watched those. You know, they've all, they all had their moments. But, to you know, when he did practical effects and miniatures in, in the 70s and early 80s, I still think they look good today. His second three look horrible today. Absolutely horrible. And I was watching them on Blu-ray, all, all six of them on Blu-ray, and I hate the extras he added to the original uh, trio. But some of the effects he added after the fact look so fake on Blu-ray, you can almost see where he cut and pasted new TIE fighters in. <laughs> There's actually like somewhat of a lighter colored box around them as opposed to the actual background. And so I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. So to watch all that in a row and then go see the new one, I was uh, uh, beyond happy. Uh, and... Uh, I will be seeing it again next week. I'm gonna. Re- I've read, started to read all the Easter eggs and hidden stuff, so now I'm gonna go back and watch it again and watch for that stuff. Yeah, we went opening night and then uh, and then last night. Last night being Christmas when we record this podcast. Uh, last night took the daughter to go see it, and she had never fully watched the Star Wars episode before. But I was sitting there thinking, I was like, well. I was like, I, I think you can go into this movie without ever seeing Star Wars and actually follow along. You know the main characters, you know, you know, Han Solo, you know, Princess Leia, you know, Luke Skywalker, just from, you know, the, the cultural references that they are. So, I, And, you know, they introduce so many new characters. And, and I think that, you know, you can really go into Episode 7 as a, as a separate movie altogether and almost kind of follow along. She had a couple of questions, but for the most part, uh, you know, she uh, she enjoyed it. And we actually came out of the movie theater and she was asking, you know, if we have the other six and she wants to oh, watch wow. them all now. So, yeah. So so a 13-year-old girl in 2015 has now converted. So I would set her up, though, for, hey, sweetie, the first three I'm going to show you are really kind of bad, <laughs> but you need to watch them. Because if you want to learn the whole, you know, how Darcy came Darcy, you need to see it. You really do. I mean, I, I know they're, they stink, but if you're introducing somebody new to it, young or old, I do think they should watch them all. Because even though I think those three are terrible in terms of just the look and the feel, I do enjoy seeing Darth become Darth. Yeah. And I think you need that. I mean, because it kind of sets up everything, including, without giving anything away, you've seen it in the previews, including this new movie, you know? So, uh, you you know, good or bad, you got to see them all. Right, right. All right, so on to the new movie. So you're happy with the new movie? I'm gathering. So let's put it this way. For, uh, for those of you who have never seen me who are listening to this, uh, I'm easily found on the Internet. I was on a show called Trip Hunters. You can kind of see me, but uh, to give you a visual, I'm 6'5", 280, bald, big bushy beard, tattoos. Kind of look like I'd rip your head off and kill you, but I'm really a big teddy bear. The first time you see the Millennium Falcon, I uh, I started to cry. <laughs> and not that... like cry like my mother just died. I cry like, oh, I'm back. I'm back <laughs> to being sick. And, you know, I, I got the goosebumps when I originally saw the, 
the trailers when before it came out. But man, if you were especially if you were that age when it first came out and you see the Millennium Falcon again all these years later, that's my first time I teared up. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And that's how I kind of felt through this whole movie. And you know, you, you, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes and most of your friends who have seen it, everyone loves it, but you all have one friend who has hated this movie. I'm a, I'm a little bewildered by that. Right. I really haven't seen many. I don't think I've seen any negative reviews. I, you know, everything that I've seen is just like, oh my god, you know, this is so amazing. Yeah, there's, there's like there's two on Rotten Tomatoes, and I have one friend who just wrote this whole diatribe like it was the worst movie of all time, and. And uh, one part that, for the people who don't like it, the one part I think they are forgetting, they, they felt it was too much, um, too much set up and, and tied back to the original six, but it needs to be. But don't forget, a company spent $4 billion on this, and they'd like <laughs> to make their money back. Right. So yep. I don't hate on any part of that. Now, if they had jammed Jar Jar in, nah, I'd be mad. <laughs> They did. Uh, I did. I did put this on my on the Talk to Me podcast Facebook page, kind of asking everyone's thoughts and opinions on the movie. And the only semi-negative review that I got from it was uh, was that they feel like J.J. Abrams actually didn't take any chances and didn't, you know, and played it almost too safe, not to piss off Star Wars fans, which I thought was an odd uh, critique of the movie. I, I can kind of see that, but then I mean, look, you know. I think it was amazing because I, I thoroughly and when I was hearing about this uh, two years ago, uh, I'm a big uh, Kevin Smith podcast list, podcast listener, and he was him and JJ are buddies. He visited the set and got to go into the Millennium Falcon and hang out. And just hearing him talk about it, I'm like, oh my god, thank God JJ is building practical sets, practical effects. There's real explosions, <clears throat> all those things coupled with technology is way more advanced in terms of special effects. I think CGI was too wasn't great yet when George made the second three, and so I think um, I, I think JJ blended them perfectly, and I think after all these years you needed that. And I just heard that he's actually now bummed he decided to bow out before the next one because he just read the script and he is so in love he's actually mad at himself, and that says a lot I think going forward. Yeah, it sounds sounds awesome. You know, just walking away from this movie and, and you know, just getting to, to look at the Internet, seeing everything that's being written, checking out all the Easter eggs, checking out what everyone else has to say about it. You know, I almost had to take the daughter to go last night to see it again just to just to make sure, you know, you caught everything in the movie. Um, so the new characters, Kylo Ren, Rey, uh, Finn, you know, of, of all the new characters that have popped up, who would you say is your favorite so far? Well, I tell you, who's not getting any love, and, and you just kind of proved it. Uh, Oscar Isaac isn't getting any love. Poe Dameron, and I think he's awesome. I love Ray and Finn, but I think Poe's getting a little bit left behind. Like when he was on a talk show, I saw I saw his name as the main guest, and even I said, "Who the hell's that?" And I just <laughs> seen the movie, right? And I know I know now Daisy Ridley's name and John Boyega because everyone has talked about them forever, and Oscar's getting no love. But I loved him. I, those three, I think, are great new characters. Uh, and, and Kylo Ren's fine, but I think Daisy, you know, and Daisy and John Boyega, they have, they have not done uh, really anything before this, and I think they're uh, they're an awesome addition to the Star Wars universe because I thoroughly enjoyed their them, their characters, their acting way better than the acting in the uh, second set, <laughs> <laughs> and I look forward to seeing them, uh, you know, again. And so, but I look forward to seeing Oscar Isaac too as Poe because I thought uh, he was great. 
I think Poe, just because, I mean, I know he's in the beginning of the movie and he kind of pops up at the end of the movie, but, uh, you know, maybe he's just not a, a consistent character throughout the movie. You know, I was going to throw Poe in there, but, you know, I went for the three. I was also yeah. going to throw in, a, a, you know, the kid, the goofy kid in me loved, I loved BB-8. I thought that was, like, you know, I'm just, oh, yeah. I'm over there just giggling like a little schoolgirl and, uh, <laughs> you know, watching watching all the uh, expressions and, and things. I think that, it, I think they did a great job of animating, you know, making his, you know, his features animated and stuff. So definitely, definitely uh, brought out the kid in me too. So did you hear, did you read Did you read or hear who does part of the voice of BB-8? When the, uh, Bill Hader, I think what I read. Yeah. 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 I'm just like, I wasn't expecting an actual person to be doing it. Like <laughs> I just figured that was, you know, sound effects team. Not So I thought that's pretty cool. But uh, I mean, uh, my wife is sitting right next to me. She did not grow up in the Star Wars pantheon. Like I did. She doesn't have Star Wars toys. And she watched, like I said, all six leading up to it. And she even said to me on point, she goes, ah, I can't wait to see the new one. I'm excited now. She thoroughly enjoyed watching, you know, we, we'd watch one and maybe have a night off and watch the second. And so over the course of, you know, uh, a week and a half, we saw all six. And uh, she got excited about it and uh, loved it. I mean, she did not weep when she saw the Millennium Falcon like I did because I'm a big nerd. <laughs> but, uh, but she enjoyed it. You know, she did not leave bored and yawning or anything. Sorry, no, are, so she, took, she says because she took a nap. No, she did not take a nap. Now she's lying to try and get on your podcast. <laughs> now try to be nice and ruin it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. No, I uh, <laughs> actually, in, in all in all honesty, I didn't grow up on them either. Somehow, I guess you know my friends and, and stuff. I was like, I was way into Back to the Future. My dad took me to all the Back to the Future movies. Like in, in my uh, childhood, that was my trilogy. And I actually started dating a girl in high school and she was like, you know, Star Wars nut. And, uh, and that's where I got introduced to him was through was through her. We actually, you know, went through all the re-releases and all the new movies and, and all that stuff. So, I, you know, I, Star Wars is totally in my alley. And it's really funny that uh, that somehow, you know, my nerdness didn't didn't take me that direction <laughs> as a kid. But I absolutely love them. You know, at this at this point, um, what did you think of Kylo Ren? As as the bad guy, I thought it was a unique uh, spin on a bad guy, and uh, kind of kind of funny. And you know, when you see it, if you haven't seen it yet, when you're hearing this, you'll thoroughly understand what I'm saying when I say kind of funny, uh, kind of different and appropriate. And I like how uh, I like how they they used him. It it, it was uh, it was it was cool. What did I, you I'm trying to say stuff without giving anything away because if people what? listen to this before they go see it. Yeah, at, the, at this point, I think it's been long enough, and I think I've got a couple other guests on too. That you know, a spo- right. I, I'm going to throw spoiler alert alarms at the beginning of the podcast, or <laughs> everybody, you know, before everybody's uh, segment and stuff like that. Because I mean, at this point, I, I was going to do this last Tuesday for the podcast, but I, mean, I think that was a little bit too close. But I think by now, I mean, if you haven't, if you want to go see Star Wars and you have not gone to see Star Wars, it's you know, it's been out for two weeks. <laughs> by the time this podcast comes out, you know, it'll. Um, and if you're listening to a Star Wars episode, you know, review, I think, I think you're, uh, you know, uh, in for a treat, <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're listening well, to, since ahead. you're saying that, I will say this, I loved how they made him a spoiled brat basically, because that is so this generation of kids, Yeah. you know, they want, nah, you know, it, it's like, <laughs> well, it's like Violet Beauregard from, from, uh, from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I want it now. What? Right. Which one? Did I pick the wrong one? Oh. Uh, what's, what's the one? You, you think are no help. You are no help. 
Are you thinking of Veruca Salt? Veruca Salt, thank you. <laughs> My wife's hair moving. She's going to give me this. Yeah, so Veruca Wanda now, and, and so, so does so does Kylo Ren. He's like, ah, stop my feet. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a brat. And so I thought that was different. You know, nobody's ever been just a brat. So that was kind of, kind of a unique take on, on, a, on a new villain. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, things that come out of this was the emo Kylo Ren Twitter feed. Have you have you heard of this? Oh, I've not seen that. It's but quite possible. So, yeah. It's so true. Like, he gets his outfits at Hot Topic. I totally see it. Yeah, actually, he, t- he, t- he <laughs> in some of the tweets from emo Kylo Ren, he talks about Hot Topic. And, you know, it's it's fa- it's fairly humorous. And, to... and played by Adam Driver. And I just saw an interview with him where... Uh, when they were when they had first asked him to do the movie, he was trying to work out the schedule with girls, and they thought it would, and then it got pushed back. So he was actually filming girls and Star Wars at the same time. So if you've seen him in girls, he's a totally different person in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't watched girls. Uh, oh, you ever seen girls? No. Yeah, so yeah, he is. Uh, it, it's it's uh, it's funny to see an actor have two totally uh, totally different roles like that. Uh, you know, kind of really uh, change, but. But I thought uh, I thought JJ. Look, I, I was never a huge Star Trek fan, but I did like the movies, and I thought he did he did awesome by Star Trek when you, you know, the last two he made, and uh, I think he did the same with Star Wars. I think he did uh, he did right by us fans uh, without pandering to the lowest common denominator. Because you know when I went back and watched those first three, I realized George really tried to jam in everything we would uh, end up seeing in the you know, original three. So. Here's the sand people shooting when they're doing the pod races. And I, I don't need my movies to be all tied up with a bow and handed to me. <laughs> I'd rather just have a character show up. You know, we don't, you know, he really geared it towards little kids by explaining, having every character explain who they were and why they were there. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I felt JJ did some of that, but also I felt he had to because it's been so long. But, but now we're all set up. Whoever, whatever, whoever's directed number eight, you know, we're good. Just keep on trucking. You know, I explain everything. You know, people can just show up. You know, I don't make an announcement when I come into a room. I just come into a room. <laughs> you don't have to. Your your presence alone will yeah speak for uh, itself. Jason is entering the kitchen now. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So with you know with Disney buying the Star Wars properties, things like that, are you excited that you know with the 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 talks of all these offshoot movies, the the young Han Solo movie and and uh, so so forth? Are you excited? Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm excited too because if they're going to be at this level, this caliber, I'm excited that you know it's going to be like one a year for like seven years or some craziness like that. Yeah, uh, and, and maybe even more. I mean, but based on how this one went, I think if they can put out this quality every time, I think it'll continue. And uh, I look forward to it every year now. I mean, I will definitely put it on my calendar and count down the days. Now, I didn't go opening weekend uh, for two reasons. I just can't stand opening weekend crowds especially on the movie that'll be one of the biggest of all time. Plus my wife had just had knee surgery. So we, uh, we had bought, we had bought tickets ahead of time. We bought them, uh, for the Monday and yeah. we did a little afternoon matinee, IMAX center seat, top row. It was awesome. Make out row. Yeah. <laughs> but I did learn something. I, I guess I never learned it before, but when you're bald and you're watching a 3d movie, those 3d crappy glasses hurt your head. Huh? Well, listeners out there, if you're bald. That, but <laughs> I'm like, all right, no more. Uh, I, I maybe I'll have to go see it on a regular screen because uh, my head turned, my head hurting. <laughs> Just a little tip for all your bald fans out there. All the all my bald talk to me listeners. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think. What? How did you feel about like the like the humor that they threw in there? And it actually kind of reminded me of like an Avenger, Avengers type humor 
that they kind of threw in. Oh yeah, I mean, you look, you know, every Star Wars movie had a little bit, uh, you know, and I mean the original three Star Wars: Empire and Return. Uh, <laughs> this definitely had more, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I just, uh, uh, it, it was, it was perfectly timed with the action sequences and you know, meeting the new characters and, uh, yeah, I loved every bit of that. And you know, oh, I, I will say this too, if you've not seen the movie yet. We saw no, no I have. Almost, no, no, I'm saying anybody listening. If you haven't seen it yet, if you just see it in a full theater, there was there was five year olds in our theater and seven year olds in our theater, and it was the quietest crowd in a movie in my entire life of going to movies. <laughs> no right. one made a peep, no cell phones went off, nobody was texting. Five year old to seven year old were just riveted on the screen for two hours. Well, actually, the the funny thing that happened to me last night when I went to see it is I was sitting next to uh, I don't even know the proper term. I'll edit this out if it's wrong. But I mean, there were two Mexican gentlemen sitting next to me, and one of them was translating to the other one. Wow! Like the movie. And I mean, it was like quiet enough, and it really wasn't bothering me that bad. But it was just like every once in a while, you, you know, you just you you could tell he was translating. I was like, oh my god! But but the one thing that was great, though, the the crowd we went and saw it last night with like every time like the like the you know the, the the millennium falcon reveal and and like you know a few other characters like when c-3po kind of pops up uh you know they uh the, the crowd was clapping and you know it was it was pretty awesome experience to see the movie theater movie in a movie theater with uh, that many fans that were so excited to see you know all of their favorite characters oh yeah yeah i mean there's many and um look i'm a big dude if somebody's being an idiot around me I'll, i will walk over and say stop being an idiot and my wife and I have seen movies. There've been like ten people in the theater. I've had to yell at three of them. I'm like, <laughs> only ten of us here. Shut up. But yeah, it was so quiet. But but it made me. It it really added to the experience because you're right, dude. All these fans were there and they really wanted to see it. And they did, they turned their phones off. They didn't look. And uh, it was absolutely awesome. And I can't wait to see it again. Awesome, awesome. All right, and then uh, we'll wrap this little mini review up with uh, what do you what do you feel like the story is going to go next? Oh, you know, that's a good question, because I haven't even really thought about that. I've, I've just been, you know, absorbing the current movie. Um, uh, that's a good question. You know, I've seen, uh, I've seen the, all, the, craziest, um, the craziest thoughts on Star Wars lately on the, on, on the interwebs. I've seen that uh, Finn is Lando's son, and I've seen that Boba Fett isn't really dead. I'm like, are we, are we going to Tupac Elvis uh, territory here? I'm like, come on now. Uh, you know, that's a good question, dude. I, I and I'm, a, I'm just going to say this: I don't care. Right. I don't care if they bring the same level they did now. I haven't really thought about that hard about it because I was, I'm still just thinking about the movie as in itself and enjoying it. But I hadn't think where it's going to go. But uh, I, I, I really like the 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 duo of uh, of uh, Daisy and John, and I, I, I look forward to their adventures because they're they're definitely going to be the uh, the crux of the movie. All right, Jason, totally Smith. Appreciate you coming on the podcast once oh, again. Me, <laughs> and uh, we'll keep in touch. And uh, we definitely have to do our official part two uh, sometime yeah. in 2016 so we can talk all kinds of wonderful stories. But uh, I got some once... good rock stories for you, brother. <laughs> and I've got a, I got a couple of good uh, thrift stories. Hey, actually, speaking of thrifting, I threw some uh, video games on eBay a few months like after our podcast. Immediately, immediately sold them. For a, decent, for a decent chunk of change and actually put it into uh, some recording equipment for the podcast. So 
There you go. Congratulations. <laughs> let me let me know if you need help. You know, I'm always I'm always happy to help fine tune. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. All right, man. We'll take care. All right, brother. I'm off to the tiki bar. All right, man. See ya. All right, bye. All right, guys, special thanks to Jason T. Smith. Make sure to go check him out on the YouTube at uh, Thrifty Business with JNA. Let him know you heard him on the Talk To Me podcast, talking some Star Wars. And also go check him out on the uh, the Thrifting Board on Facebook. If you're into eBay, into reselling your items, eBay, Amazon, any, any way you can get them online and get them sold, uh, check him out. He's definitely going to help you out and boost your sales. I guarantee it. Next up, we've got my good friend Casey Sweet. I actually got to go and sit down with him on this uh, on this episode. Got the new recorder for Christmas, so I got to do the uh, test run with with Casey. So hope you guys enjoy this. So here's Casey Sweet talking Star Wars. Chewie, we're home. <laughs> All right, Casey, we're here. We're here to talk some Star Wars. What did you think of the new movie? Just a quick beginning of the podcast <laughs> review of the uh, for the episode. Um, in a word, loved it. I thought it was a return to what made the original Star Wars great. Um, I think J.J. Abrams did a nice job of recapturing what my uh, you know eight-year-old self loved about Star Wars so much and, and did a fantastic job of kind of bringing that back full circle. What do you feel about the new characters, how they introduced the, the, you know, the new characters like Kylo Ren and Ray. And did you think that those characters lived up to the, uh, standards that you had of the original characters? Oh yeah. Um, and I, I've seen on the internet, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since it's come out now. And, um, I've seen it a few times myself and you can definitely see the archetypes that they're kind of replacing. You have Ray who's Luke Skywalker um, you kind of have Poe Dameron to me as Han Solo, you know, funny one-liners, the dashing kind of roguish guy. Um, you have Finn that's kind of thrown into this mix. Um, so I, I love the characters. I think that uh, Ray's going to be a star. I think she's absolutely going to be a star after this run of movies is over. Um, I hadn't heard or seen a lot of her before that, but I think this is going to be her ticket kind of like, um, you know, Carrie Fisher and, and, and uh, Harrison Ford had obviously been around for a while. Um, but I think that uh, in the original trilogy, but I think this is going to be that springboard for this unknown uh, young actress and she's going to be big. Yeah, that's what I thought too. It was like, you know, I took the daughter to go see it again on uh, Christmas day. You know, I just wanted her to kind of see Ray on the screen. I think she's going to be like a huge, you know, role model for girls out there. I think, I think, you know, introducing her as such a strong force in the movie, you know, will end up being uh, such a huge positive for everyone. And uh, it was just such a, such a good thing to see you know, a female in that role. Absolutely. Um, you know, and to me, that was the change that was needed, having a young uh, female, strong female character um, that's going to kind of be the the new savior, if you will. I think that she really took it and ran with it. You saw her develop from the beginning of the movie um, throughout, and then at the end, kind of realizing, hey, I have this power. And some of the criticisms have been, well, how the hell is she going to master this you know, these abilities in, in five seconds after she learns that she has them. But, you know, I think that just speaks to how powerful she's going to end up being, that it, it did take little 
And who's to say that she hasn't had something in her past that she maybe doesn't remember because we saw some flashbacks and memories coming back that maybe she has been exposed to it before. You never know. And uh, how did you feel about, you know, how the, uh, like the hero's entrances for all the characters, even like, you know, I would say the Millennium Falcon popping back up. Everyone from the old movies kind of popped back into the screen. You know, they all didn't, didn't just like walk in. They all kind of had a, had a heroic entrance. I thought the timing was perfect when you see the Millennium Falcon for the first time. You know, she references it, she references it off screen and they run past and oops, no, got to go back and they show it. And my first viewing, everybody applauded in the theater when it showed the Millennium Falcon. Um, Han and Chewie showing up with the We're Home line. I mean, from the first trailer that they were in, you know, kind of choked me up and that was just iconic. We're home and the grin on his face that, you know, that, that re reuniting of Han, Chewie and, and the Falcon Leia showing up on the battlefield and coming out of the carrier. You've seen Han from kind of across the way. Thought it was fantastic. And then, of course, at the end with Luke Skywalker, that was that was perfect. No words needed. No words used. Just that long look. Um, kind of maybe surprise. Kind of recognition. Who knows? It was very um, emotion-filled gaze between Rey and, and Luke. So I'm interested to see where that goes from here. And then the character of Kylo Ren, you know, I've, I've kind of gone on record on this podcast so far just to say how much I thought the the voice itself was going to be as iconic, I think, as Darth Vader's voice. I think they had a great, uh, you know, use of his his costume. Obviously, we kind of we kind of learned that he doesn't actually need the mask or the helmet, and uh, which he does kind of tend to take off a lot. Do you feel like his kind of a uh, you know kind of bratty unstableness in the, at the beginning of the movie, you know, kind of adds to the character? And, you know, he's, he's asking a lot of questions and, uh, you know, asking even, like, for Vader to show him the way and show him what he needs to do to kind of complete everything. You know, what did you think of all that in the movie? Uh, I'm not sure if J.J. Abrams meant to do this, but I just rewatched the the uh, prequel trilogy again and, and watching Hayden Christensen's portrayal of Anakin Skywalker. He was pretty whiny. Um, so I, I don't know if that was part of the development of this character, but I actually love the fact that he is... He sounds very calm and collected when he has the mask on and everything is uh, very ominous, but he is very, um, I've seen the term emo thrown around quite a bit, very emo Darth Vader. Um, I think that control and that very measured pace of speaking belies um, obviously some conflict that's going on because there are a couple times in the movie where he has temper tantrums, for lack of a better word. Just here comes a lightsaber and just wrecks everything and... I think that speaks to where he's at in his training. He's still trying to harness this anger and this fear, whatever it may be. And at times it gets the best of him. And I think, again, that's just being a young um, apprentice to, you know, Snoke, that that's going to um, come into play some more as we go throughout his journey of becoming, you know, the big baddie in this new, this new trilogy of movies. So, I like Kylo Ren. I think they did a really nice job with uh, his development. I think it was meant to be emo Darth Vader. Um, you know, speaking to this new cast of young characters, they're all finding their way and finding their place. And even though they may be based on those archetypes, they still have to grow into it. And I think he does just as much as our good guys. 
the, the humor that they added into this movie. You think it added to the story. I laughed out loud many times. Finn, Finn's super funny character when he interacts with Han Solo. Han basically saying, you know, did you just call me Solo? And, you know, what are you doing with your face? And things like that. You know, added a lot of humor to the movies, which I've kind of compared to almost the Avengers kind of humor. Uh, you know, did you feel like the humor in the movie added to it? I loved it. I thought it was um, well-timed. It it broke the tension at times, which I think was needed to, to propel the story. Um, and if you go back and watch any of the older movies, there's there's humor there. And to me, it was more along the lines of the original trilogy, some of the things that were said, kind of the uh, the back and forth. The, the, very early in the movie, Poe Dameron is, t- is talking uh, to Kylo Ren, and he asks, you know, who goes first? Do you speak first? Do I speak first? And, you know, in a moment where he's down on the ground and has, you know, a lightsaber ready to cut his head off and he's qu- cracking jokes. More along the lines of the original trilogy, I thought the way that it was used was pretty appropriate. I, again, prequel trilogies, they tried way too hard to, to have funny jokes and usually at the expense of Jar Jar Binks, which enough said. But I, th- I thought it was well-placed. Um, it was done smartly. It wasn't done just to just to get laughs, although it did. Um, I think it speaks again to these new characters, young, brash, you know, using humor to kind of propel things. And you're right, Finn was pretty much funny every time he was on on screen, you know. And and I think that speaks to how um, nervous he is and trying to compensate for the fact that he's, uh, you know, a runaway stormtrooper. That's that's not uh, an easy place to be. And I think he uses humor as his coping device. So. I look forward to seeing how he grows as well, if if he survives. So, did you enjoy that they, you know, obviously the stormtroopers in this are not the clones; they're actually human, human, human people, human beings that they've, uh, you know, acquired somehow over the uh, over the, you know throughout the galaxy. Do you enjoy that it's uh, you know actual human beings in the stormtrooper, uh, you know, cost or stormtrooper uniforms this in this movie? Absolutely, I think. Um, one of the things that um, Hux talked about during the movie, Domino Gleason's character, you know, they're found at, at birth and, and basically brainwashed and raised to believe this stuff. So I think that adds the element of, um, of like you said, being human. The, you know, uh, Finn has some serious questions about, you know, I can't do this. And to me, that, that scene, and it's going to become iconic, that scene of him on the battlefield in Jakku where... You know, one of the other stormtroopers gets a blast and he goes to check on him and see if he's okay in that bloody handprint on the helmet. That's just, that was awesome. That was an awesome shot. Um, and I think being human, that's where you get those reactions. And you're going to have those human shortcomings that uh, an army of clones aren't going to have. They're, they're made to do one thing, and that's to kill and or die if need be. But with humans, I think it opens up that range of emotions and that, you know, maybe there are more stormtroopers that will question orders or that will... Uh, not follow through what they've been told, and that can create uh, some interesting situations for our characters to have to deal with. You know, with the with this movie, how how do you say it kind of stacks up? You know, with the original three, then how does it stack up with the maybe the prequels, and then where do you kind of see the movie going? Um, to me, Empire is always going to be my favorite movie. You know, this was this gave the original trilogy a run for its money. Um, if I had Empire 1, I would go New Hope and Force Awakens 2A and 2B. Uh, Force Awakens it was a fantastic Star Wars movie. Um, again, some of the criticism is it's it's a recycling. It's New Hope 2.0. And as I said in our preview episode, I'm okay with that. I, I think 
if you look at some of the, if you look at stories good versus evil and the the pro- antagonist having to or the protagonist having to overcome um, odds and and the story that they take, you know Joseph Campbell talks about that cycle of um, the the epic story and you know good versus evil. You have to have that reset if you look at stories all the way back through recorded history and look at good versus evil stories, they are pretty much the same. So being, uh, you know, New Hope 2.0, if that's what people want to call it, I'm perfectly okay with that. It's a passing of the mantle. It's a, um, you know, you, you talked about all the, the veteran characters showing up, and they're handing that story off to the younger generation. So you had to have this transitional period. Um, I didn't expect a whole lot of, holy crap, this is completely changing the game stuff in this movie. Um, but I think that's what we're going to see in eight and nine. As far as the prequel trilogy, again, this one, I think just kicked its ass, their asses for lack of a better term. Um, and if for nothing else, because it got back to the roots of what star Wars was, uh, in, in rewatching the prequel trilogy, the, the reliance on special effects and CGI and, you know, even some of the acting, you know, you had some fantastic actors in the original, or I'm sorry, in the prequel trilogy, and I think that they were they had to be restrained a bit to fit this story that George Lucas was trying to tell. So I like the fact that they've rebooted, that they've started over, they've started the cycle over, they've replaced characters, and now we get to see their journey. And I think there are going to be some big surprises in Episode Eight. Um, one thing I was way off about, obviously, Ray is not Han and Leia's daughter. Um, at this point, we kind of have to guess it's Luke's daughter, but who knows um kylo ren ben ren or ben solo <laughs> han and leia's son <laughs> um you know I, i'm not sure if that was a huge shock but it, it definitely provided the most you know oh my god moment of the movie obviously when he kills his father on the bridge and we Spoiler, see him, we see him <laughs> um fall off and i actually read a comment that said well maybe he was uh beamed out before he fell all the way down that which pissed me off to no end because obviously if you're beaming people that's star trek and <laughs> how dare they um but yeah it's I, I think we're set we're being set up for some really awesome stuff in eight and nine i had put this out on the on the talk to me facebook page and uh the only kind of negative review that the movie got was uh daniel richardson wrote uh something along the lines of he didn't believe that JJ took any risks in this movie. He was almost too afraid to piss off the star Wars fans. And, you know, it was almost just too close to the vest and, you know, just played it way too safe. You know, what would you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I would ask this guy, how many movies has he directed? Um, because I think just taking the helm of the movie was a huge risk to come out and say, you're such a huge fan to come out and talk about how much star Wars uh, impacted your life and your directing, you know, what, how you approach things, how much of an influence it had that in and of itself is a huge risk. And to me, JJ nailed it for what the story that he told for, um, what we've gotten so far. I think he absolutely nailed it. And to, to fault someone for not taking risk, my question would be, well, what risk can you take? He killed a beloved character I thought he paid homage to all of the old characters and, and, you know, up to and including the Millennium Falcon just perfectly. Um, the pacing was good. 
Um, visually stunning, the dogfight scenes, I mean, were fantastic. I think, you know, I don't think this movie is going to win a Best Picture Oscar, but I definitely think there's some technical um, Oscars that it should be in the running for because visually the movie was fantastic. So I think in and of itself, just taking over a Star Wars franchise, um, the first movie of the, the new um, Disney, Disney-fied Star Wars is a huge risk and I was pleased with the product that he produced. So that would be my response to that gentleman. And with all that, and we'll just kind of wrap it up with this question. Uh, do you feel like that Kylo Ren had to kill his father to kind of complete the, uh, what he, what he says is, you know, to complete his, uh, basically going to the dark side. And do you feel like, you know, maybe the emo Kylo Ren, uh, is not going to be so emo in the second one, not have so many daddy issues, you know, and even, you know, granddaddy issues. And, uh, you know, going forward, do you think he'll be a, a much stronger character or do you still feel like he'll kind of have his, uh, you know, his little quirks? No, I definitely think it's it's part of that journey that had to happen. And, and the speech he gave on the bridge before it happened, I think was 100% accurate. I think I'm being torn apart and something's pulling me and I need your help. And I think all of that was accurate. Most people or, you know, Maybe even Han thought, well, that means I have to take his lightsaber from him and save him from going to the dark side, when really what he meant was, I have to do this to get over that hump, to be able to continue in my journey into the dark side and you know, to fulfill what Snoke wants me to do. So, yeah, I think it was huge. I think it was a, a critical moment. I also absolutely love the, the fight scene out in the, in the forest, the winter forest, where you know we see him get hurt. He gets shot in the leg by Chewie right after he kills Han, so he's injured there. Um, he takes some other lightsaber damage, and then right before the the ground opens up and kind of separates them, uh, you know, he takes a lightsaber across the face. So you have that scarring. I, I just see that that movement toward, you know, will he be more more like Darth Vader? Will he need something to sustain his life because of the injuries that he took? It might not be that drastic, but we're definitely seeing the the human the vessel of Kylo Ren is being damaged, you know, and and pushing toward whatever he's going to be moving forward and, and his, you know, journey into the dark side. So I think that it was, it was huge. I think we'll definitely see a, a change in his character from that whiny emo tantrum Kylo Ren to maybe a more just straight up evil, very controlled Darth Vader, you know? Uh, now I don't want it to be a, a complete Darth Vader 2.0, but I definitely want to see that movement toward the, the very, emotionless, you know, just evil Kylo Ren. So, yeah, I think that was a, a pivotal part. I'm glad that it um, propelled the story along. It wasn't just killing for killing's sake. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I'm, I'm stoked for what's coming after it. And then just final question, I'll throw you a softball. You know, who is your favorite character at all, out of all the new characters? Wow. Um, I really liked... Um, Finn, obviously, I'm, I'm, I usually deal with tough situations with humor, so I, I, I appreciated that. Um, Poe Dameron was great. I think Oscar Isaac's everything I've ever seen him in. He's been fantastic, so I was glad to see him. And, and he really didn't have that much screen time to have that much of an impact. I think that's huge, but, yeah, it's got to be Ray. Daisy Ridley did such a, a beautiful job with that character. Um, and she did go from kind of wandering junk farmer to badass in in no time and people had problems with that how could this happen how could that because she is just a badass you know it 
why would we question that? She, she, the force awakened, you know, she was, and she was dealing with it. And funny little tidbit, when she was practicing her, uh, Jedi mind tricks, when she was all locked up and, and trying, you know, you will unlock me and leave the door open. Uh, that stormtrooper that she was, uh, mind tricking was Daniel Craig. James Bond himself was, uh, the stormtrooper. So, uh, she kicked James Bond's ass, so she's got to be a badass herself. So yeah, yeah. I've been reading a lot that actually it'll it'll probably trickle out, but there's supposedly just tons and tons of famous stormtroopers in this one, and uh, the pinnacle being you know Tom Cruise is supposedly one of the stormtroopers. He was one of the cowboys in uh, Young Guns, so he's a little short for a stormtrooper, isn't he? So all right, just wrap it up, Casey. Appreciate you taking the time. Hey, my, my pleasure, man. I'll talk about Star Wars anytime. Dear child. The belonging you seek is not behind you, it is ahead. Alright, special thanks to Casey Sweet coming on the podcast. That was so fun. So fun sitting down talking Star Wars. And that guy is like a walking Star Wars encyclopedia. So, go check him out on uh, Facebook. He's always there posting crazy stuff. Casey Sweet, easy to find. Up next, we've got Al John Go, who uh, who does podcasts for Disney for WDW Tiki Room wdw after dark he's also got the uh, pro wrestling cast uh you can always check him out such a great guy i've always loved al john since my days of uh, being in a local band and he was the host of 1029 the buzz's local buzz so i've known this man for 20 years of my life to over 20 years and uh definitely one of the first people ever to have me in a radio studio so i got to see the inner workings so always great to have him on the podcast such a, I have such such high uh, regards for this for this man, and uh, love him to death. So here's Al John Go, talking Star Wars. Nothing will stand in our way. I will finish what you started. So Al John, give me your. Uh, Give me your quick review, and then we'll we'll go into some actual questions about it. Well, sure, man. I first of all, I went there with my wife and a bunch of friends Thursday night here in Nashville, and it did not disappoint, man. The crowds were there, full force. Pardon the pun, and <laughs> it was it was a ride. I mean, you talk about hot sex in the office, you know. You talk about a roller coaster ride from start to finish. It really was very quickly paced right there at two hours, you know, with the credits, you know, people were coming in and leaving happy. Luckily for me, no one spoiled it going in, which is really good. But, uh, you know, I always judge a movie on whether I can watch it again or would even pay to watch it again. And I would definitely pay to watch it again. It's, uh, it's definitely worth the price of admission regardless of, uh, whether you go on IMAX, which I did not go. I, I saw the 2d version. And I'm going to be watching the IMAX 3D version soon. So um, I thought it was great effects. I thought it was a great homage to the originals. I didn't think it was a remake like other people thought. And um, the acting was great. Like, I I felt like a little kid. I mean, you know, (laughs) I remember seeing the original Star Wars. um, At least my dad tells me that I saw the original Star Wars in the theater. But my first real moment I remember was watching um, Empire Strikes Back. And then when Return of the Jedi came out in 83, I was just like, I was there at the theater. 
think I saw it like six times the first oh, wow. month it came out, which was pretty pretty impressive for you know for a kid and uh, and my friends we all loved it. So this to me was great. You know, obviously it's a cinematic event, breaking all kinds of box office, but uh, my reviews plain and simple: sound design, special effects, acting, plot, script. You know, was great. That's and, awesome. Um, it definitely leaves you wanting more. You oh know? yeah. And you don't have to be a hardcore star Wars fan or even a fan of, uh, fantasy or, you know, some people say sci-fi. I, I consider it more Lord of the Rings than I do Star Trek. So this is star Wars has always been more fantasy for me. You know, me and a buddy of mine and then the kids and all, we went on Thursday night, opening night. Um, and then I, and then I turned around and on Christmas day, took my daughter to see it and she'd never seen a star Wars movie before. But leaving the, you know, leaving it originally, I actually walked out thinking that you can walk into this movie without actually, you know, knowing uh, too much of the story. I mean, you know, most people know of Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, just from, you know, their cultural relevance, uh, you know, just throughout time, you're going to have heard of those people. But I think they introduced so many new characters uh, that, you know, you can pretty much go into this movie without ever seeing a Star Wars before and, uh, you know, and walk out. You know, walk out definitely uh, pleasantly surprised, and, uh, and was such such a great movie. I'm, I I can't say enough great things about it. You know, I had to go see it again almost right away, and then uh, we actually traveled today for a little while, and my son and daughter in the back seat just talking. You know, like, oh, what did you think of Kylo Ren, and what did you think of Ray, and you know, it was just great to hear them back there just uh, you know talking about it. Man, that's awesome. That is that is really cool as a as a dad. I mean, I don't have kids yet, but. <laughs> You know, hearing kids talk about Star Wars and this may be their first time watching a film, a Star Wars film or or any real big movie or whatever, a live action movie, not animated. But having them talk about Star Wars is, is, you know, kind of warms my heart, man. You know, you you think back and to me, you know, as you get older, as we are, we're getting older. There's not a whole lot of things that transport us back to when we were kids. You know what I mean? And like give you those warm, fuzzy feelings. And when I think about, you know, Christmas this time of the year, I think about, you know, the whole peanut specials on TV. I think about the Muppets Christmas specials. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, oh, that's pretty awesome. And then this right here just totally transported me back. I felt like I was nine years old again. When you and think about the Star watching. Wars, the, the Star Wars Christmas yeah. special. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I was thinking, I, I was thinking about my action figures, actually. You know, right. when I was a kid, you know, how my parents bought me. It was a really cool Christmas when they bought me my, my Millennium Falcon. And I was like, that is the coolest toy ever. <laughs> and I had that same feeling again, leaving the theater. I was like, man, that is still the coolest ship ever. And uh, since this is a spoiler cast, I thought that everything about the originals as they popped up, you know, whether it was, you know, Han Solo or Admiral Akbar or Princess Leia or even the Millennium Falcon and the droids, when they all had their own hero entrance. It yeah. was like when the when the reveal happened, it was like, oh my gosh. Like I was not prepared to I mean, we know the Millennium Falcon obviously is gonna be in the film. It's in every trailer known to man. <laughs> right. But when you see them go into the ship and you're like, Holy shit, that pardon my French. <laughs> I hope you don't have to edit that, but you go, Holy crap, man, they're stealing the Millennium Falcon. Right. You know, put in a junkyard, buried. It's like, that's how we felt because we felt like after all this time, we didn't see the Millennium Falcon since um, 
Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Since like 1983. And then it was like mothballed up and forgotten about. Han Solo didn't own it anymore. So you're like, what the hell happened to this race car? You know, everybody's always, Han Solo was always tinkering with it. And then when she, when they, when they take off and then the tarp goes and flies off and it's like, Oh God, it's a Millennium Falcon. That was so cool. Yeah, I thought I thought the reintroduction of all the old characters, the way that they all, you know, they all did have their hero entrance, even like, you know, with, uh, you know, when C-3PO just kind of pops into the frame, you know, because it, you know, because it breaks up like an emotional moment. And then, you know, goofball C-3PO kind of pops in and just, you know, you're instantly right. like a goofy kid again with him, too. And uh, there's so, so many. Dude, I loved it. Yeah, it was such a such a great. Yeah, I loved it. And then yeah, uh, it's like. I'm so, yeah, excuse me, sir. C-3PO, human cyborg relations. I didn't know if you remember, remember me <laughs> with, my, with red my red arm. arm. Which they <laughs> like never explained why it has a red arm, but, you know, it's like whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know what? You know, arms wear out. You know, droid, droids need to have their parts replaced. You know, that is you true. adventures and all kinds of stuff out, you know, with the new <laughs> resistance. So, you know. Who knows? Boba Fett may have came back from the dead and blew it off. You know, <laughs> definitely one of the you know definitely one of the, uh, the the theories out there that he's still out there. Which you know, I think I think just in the uh, realm of you know how popular he is. I mean, if they can just even fake that he died in the originals and have him come back, you know, they're gonna do it. You know, because he's just a, mm-hmm. such a mythical you know m- m- mythical uh, character in the Star Wars character. But, Absolutely. Uh, so, how did you feel about the new the introduction of the the new characters with like Kylo Ren and Ray and Man, I think I think it was great, man. It was once again you had the hero's call, you know, the call of the hero, just like the old movies, just like the you know Joseph Campbell and everything that George Lucas had written Star Wars about Luke Skywalker being called, you know, being called by the Force to join this heroic mission he was supposed to be a hero but he was reluctant same thing goes for ray ray first of all daisy ridley is cute she's spunky she's feisty she knows how to fight women and men everywhere it doesn't even matter it's not about it's not about gender it's all about kicking ass and having a really good character and she wanted to run away and ultimately embraced her destiny as being a hero a true hero and i loved it and uh finn Awesome comedic moments. The comedy that Harrison Ford brought, you know, was kind of transferred to him a little bit. He had some plucky comic lines. You know, hell no, I'm not going in there. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, just all kinds of stuff. We were like, oh, this is great. And uh, so Finn was a great dynamic character. And, and once again, you know, he was running away and he ultimately embraced his path of becoming a hero and stepping up and holding that lightsaber. We all thought, Holy smoke, man! Is this is Finn gonna you know be the Jedi, you know, and picks up that lightsaber and you know ultimately he holds his own. Yeah, and, uh, and of course you know he gets hit in the back and everything, man, which was heartbreaking because you're like, oh god. <laughs> and then um, Kylo Ren. All right, since it's a spoiler cast, you know when when Han's out there and he says Ben, I was like, oh crap. Yeah, he gives him a dad yeah. like you know Ben, and you're just like, oh yeah. I mean, it just breaks your heart because you know what's going to happen. You yeah. know, I mean, you 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 know that everything of this movie, you know, when Han and Leia hug at, hug it out for the last time, you don't know that it's the last time, but you had a feeling that mm-hmm. you know Han and Leia both knew that if he were to retrieve their son, 
that there was going to be no turning back for somebody and it was definitely going to be him and and uh, Kylo Ren, man, he I believe he's what Anakin Skywalker probably should have been in the prequels. You know, as much as I love those movies, I think that, you know, Adam Driver did just an amazing job just playing that kind of sulky, I've got daddy issues kind of thing <laughs> and crazy sense of humor and awesome special effects when he was holding that laser bolt in the air, you know, yeah. in the force. And definitely kind of got that force unleashed, like, you know, I'm a badass dude, you know, and and the lightsaber fights were just awesome. So the, the new characters were great. Um, all three of those new characters are amazing. And BB-8, man, I mean, you know. Yeah, BB-8's a I, I really, character. oh, my God. I mean, the, the lighter popping out, giving the <laughs> thumbs up, that was just like, you couldn't get better than that. I mean, that was just, that was just great. And so that kind of humor and that fun that was kind of lacking a little bit or somewhat in the originals that would have made it a little bit better in my opinion. Cause a lot of times they took themselves really serious. It seemed, but, right. uh, well, I mean, that's the one thing with, uh, stuff. you know, with, with Disney kind of taken over and, you know, they, they've kind of taken over the Marvel universe and it kind of had, had that Marvel Avengers kind of humor feel to it to me, which I mean, I thought was great. I love those movies for that too, but the humor was definitely there and it was definitely like, you know, my sense of humor in a star Wars movie. So I thought it was, it was such a, such a warm welcome to the star Wars universe too. It was that, it was like goofy kind of, you know, newish humor that they, they added, you know, you know, you, you say that. And the funny thing about it is, is that all of those films, whether it's John Favreau with Iron Man or James Gunn with guardians of the galaxy, or even Joss Whedon, you know, all that, it's really not the influence of Disney as much as it was the influence of the original trilogy. Yeah. Because, you know, for some reason, something happened, I'm not sure what, but when George Lucas created the first round of, of, of movies and he wasn't involved in directing the second or third movies, but something about the humor of those movies translated so well and mm-hmm. still to this time i mean i i had a binge here at the house you know i was watching <laughs> star wars for like three days straight just trying to get my mindset you know to watch this new movie and to see what kind of easter eggs would pop up and um it really was just full of that humor and those guys that are making movies today like jj abrams were so influenced by by those movies that it, it they said you know what we're gonna put that in and we're going to make it, you know, we're, we're not going to make it subtle humor. We're going to make it that type of crazy, wacky humor that was in the first movies. And and I really dug it, man. And um, I think more of those movies need to have those moments to kind of break up all the action, you know. And there was still enough drama, you know, strung through. Did you, uh, did you feel when you saw that the movie moved? really fast for you did it move too I thought fast it did. Uh, uh maybe not too fast but i definitely thought it kind of you know it would, uh actually i thought the very beginning kind of started out a bit slow i don't i don't know mm-hmm. i don't necessarily have anything to back that up but then like once it gets going it's just like super super you know uh it's it's a, it's at light speed <laughs> yeah no, but, you know it well, gets like going a roller coaster right? yeah i mean it's like a roller coaster i mean before you know, when you go go into any roller coaster, and I love coaster rides now. I mean, you, you go up the top of the hill, and when you 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 start peeking over the top of that that first drop, before you go into those loops, man. I mean, it, it takes a second to get there, but once you go, I mean, it's just all hell breaks loose, as they said. And um, and uh, I I really I really dug it, man. And um, 
you know, but I have to ask you this. When you saw when you saw Kylo Ren and Han Solo on that walkway, you knew what was up, right? You knew that something yeah. bad was going to happen, right? Oh yeah. Right? Cuz it just reminded you of it reminded you of just other scenes from other Star Wars movies that ended in disaster. You know, especially that whole scene of Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader in Empire Strikes Back where the big reveal happens on that kind of same kind of walkway, you know. So you knew that the I'm your father would kind of come out there. Right. But then but then you think to yourself, did Han Solo commit suicide or did Kylo Ren you know, stab him because the both of their hands were on it. Do you think because someone had said on the internet that do you think that Han Solo hit the switch for the lightsaber to stab himself when he when he killed him? I mean, I, not a whole lot of people are talking about it. Yeah, I mean, I can but, definitely see that. I, you know, it's one of those things where now you want to you want to go back and watch it for a third time. But uh, you know, that's that was one of the scenes where you almost kind of felt you knew what was going to happen. You and but I mean, looking back with him saying, you know, thank you after after the fact, you know, I mean, does he did? He, I mean, that's that's a that's a good, good question to be asked, because, you know, he does say thank you. And he does, you know, was it him that that killed yeah. his father or was it his father killing himself to, you know, maybe push him over the edge? Because that's that's the other thing in the second time watching the movie. You do notice how much Kylo Ren is fighting with himself and like you know asking darth vader to please show him the way and to make you know to, to honor his legacy and all that and then you know he's he's kind of got that bratty mentality throughout the movie and then you know is this gonna is this gonna be the, the the thing that like sets him over and then and then they talk about you know putting him into the uh to complete his training and all that stuff so you know and actually i guess i'll we'll just go into that i mean where do you see like kind of episode eight going where do you think they're gonna go oh with man i will well, I do. I do believe we're going to see, you know, Luke Skywalker actually talking in yes. the movie, which <laughs> right. is good. Uh, I was not prepared to have that big cliffhanger where he doesn't say a damn thing. Um, I thought it was an awesome thing. So I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to find out how Maz Kanata got that lightsaber. You know, how did you get that? You know, last time you saw that, that was the lightsaber that Luke lost because Darth Vader chopped his hand off in Cloud City. Right. You're like, wow, what the hell? Um, and I think you're going to see Kylo Ren and, um, you know, obviously do more training with the Supreme Leader Snoke. I mean, what what the hell? You know, I mean, something's going to happen. Um, so and I think we're also going to find out uh, what the repercussions are with the relationship between, um, you know, uh, Leia and um you know, well, Luke Skywalker too, to a certain extent, but even um, Leia and how she reacts to Han's death. Yes. You know, did Han Solo maybe make a, a last recording? Because, you know, now that Han Solo sacrificed himself, he won't be back in physical form. And we know that he wasn't a Jedi, so he didn't learn how to become a Force ghost. But you have to wonder, did he leave a holographic message to play for Leia? Well, is that the way, you know, Harrison Ford will show up in the next movie in a form of like, you know, in case you're watching this, you know, I didn't make it back from the mission. I just want to let you know that, you know, that he says, I love you to Leia finally. Right. You know, you never saw Han Solo say that Princess Leia says, I love you. And he goes, I know. Right. And then down he goes. So maybe that'll be something that kind of wraps up their storyline in the next movie. Um, So 
and then we're going to find out what the hell happened to, uh, you know, uh, the Knights of Ren, you know, and how they slaughtered the Jedi, maybe in some kind of weird flashback with Luke and Ray doing the training. You know, I, I'm curious to find out if Ray is really Luke's daughter. Right. Even with R2-D2 kind of coming out of his forced hibernation because she's yeah. around, kind of almost leads you to believe, too, that, that you know, maybe he can feel that, that she's around and, and uh, part of Luke is around kind of thing. So that's that's where I saw that when I kind of watched the second time, you know, having more questions. And then uh, just – and after everything, you know, with everything uh, out there, I think that Kylo Ren's voice is one of the most distinctive voices in – uh, cinematic history. I think it's such a such a great oh, yeah. such a great bad guy voice, you know, and in the you know the, with Darth Vader's voice being so iconic, I think Kylo Ren's is gonna be super iconic also. I agree. And you know, um the great a couple things that you touched on, um Kylo Ren and the mask and the voice, man, absolutely. I mean, I think it's great. I think the voice was great and definitely better than Bane from Batman because you can't, you couldn't understand a damn thing Bane said with that mask on. At least, you know, you could hear Kylo Ren and what he's talking, you know, what, what he, what he's saying. So that was a plus. Um, I thought, Oh, and by the way, Poe Dameron, the, you know, that was just <laughs> a great, great pilot character. So many great things, you know, getting the map from, you know, from, uh, from BB eight, from the old, old, uh, follower of Luke Skywalker, we come to find out that, you know, the old man that was there in Jakku on that planet in the very beginning, he was actually working with Luke Skywalker. So maybe we'll see a flashback for that. But the other thing I was going to, I was going to say is damn Chewbacca, yes. man, I was waiting for him after he, uh, after he took his bow caster out and fired it on uh, uh, Kylo, Kylo Ren to see him like getting medieval on some people. And he, he did that a little bit, but I could have seen a lot more. I mean, Chewbacca is one of my favorite characters. He's just loyal and the, you know, the Wookiee got wounded and yeah. he got his uh, best friend taken away from him. And now he's partnered up with Ray uh, being the co-pilot of the Millennium Falcon again. And I hope that, uh, I hope that Chewie definitely gets his revenge. I think that should be episode eight. Chewie's revenge. <laughs> Chewie's revenge. Oh man, there you go. That, that, that right there will sell tickets, my friend, <laughs> you know? Star Wars, Chewie's Revenge. Oh, Revenge of the Wookiee. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'm the, down with the that. Wookie, um, the Wookiee strikes back. Yeah, let the Wookiee win. Oh, man, yeah, how about that? You know, they're flying they're flying the Millennium Falcon, and they turn on the little, you know, the Star Wars chess table. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, that was That was, was great. nice. And then the little, then the little, uh, little probe droid, the little uh, training drone that Luke was uh, using there fell out, you know, which was nice. Man, there's so many great things about this movie. Um, so many great characters, man. I, I think the great thing about this movie is it does leave us wanting more. It has so many questions. And you mentioned about BB-8, um, you know, in the last scene um, and R2-D2 coming yeah. awake. J.J. Um, Abrams actually said that BB-8 actually um, said something to C-3PO, or to C-3PO, to R2-D2 to have him wake up. And that's why he actually... He didn't wake up the first time Ray was there, but uh, I thought it was just because huh. maybe R2-D2 heard Ray's voice that that would signal him to wake up, but that really wasn't the case. It's actually BB-8 says, I have this map. I heard you have it. And then R2-D2 says, why, you said a map? Of course I have a map. And oh. it's kind of like droid speak. So I was like, wow, that's cool. That uh, that was kind of explained in that fashion because we all thought that maybe 
R2-D2 was sensing the fact that Ray was there and that Ray is, you know, a Skywalker, we're led to believe, you know? Oh, and the so other thing, <laughs> yeah, the other so that, that was a good thing. That was kind of brought up. And then um, there's something else, but uh, can't seem to recall what the, what you said. I was going to try to piggyback on something that you said that was good. But, uh, uh, that's all good. Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, there's lots of cover. Oh, yeah, there's so much so we can talk questions. about. It's funny, like even with the yeah. other inter- like the other uh, segments for this episode of like you know just give me like ten fifteen minutes and all of them seem to be like half hour long, so it's it's going to be a long. Podcast. Oh yeah, but I just oh, kind of how about just... that? Uh, how about, just really quick, how about that lightsaber fight between Finn and that stormtrooper? That was pretty awesome, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that was great too. Um, oh, and my last thing, I hope we learn more about Captain Phasma because I think Captain Phasma is the Boba Fett of this new set of films because right. literally Gwendolyn Christie hardly said anything, you know, and very mysterious and uh, she's hardly in the movie at all. It seems like she would have a bigger part, you know, with that cool silver armor and everything. Right. And uh, so I think she's going to be the cool new, cool looking bad guy. And I think uh, Phasma is going to have to play a, a, a bigger role in the next film. So very cool. Al John, well, I appreciate you coming on and I just, just, to let everybody know where they can find you with your 4,000 podcasts and your web shows. Uh, just give us, a, just give us a quick rundown of your, uh, of your shows. Oh, sure, man. Um, you can just follow me on Twitter, Jedi Mouseketeer. You can go to Jedi There are links to my WDW Kiki room podcast, which is Disney, Marvel and star Wars. Um, we have, we just had a whole red carpet interview, um, uh, we had some uh, audio out there for the red carpet of Star Wars. And then I also had posted some new videos of a press junket that we did with Disney um, with the cast of The Force Awakens. So if you want to hear more from J.J. Abrams or Carrie Fisher or Harrison Ford, uh, you can check out JediMasketeer.com and uh, WDW Tiki Room, as well as WDW After Dark, the adult web show for Disney fans and Marvel fans. Um that's also available on iTunes. And uh, if you love pro wrestling, you know, you can also check me out there at prowrestlingcast.com. And uh, we're getting ready to do our uh, award show for the 2015 best uh, wrestling figures out there for uh, international wrestling fans and WWE fans. So, yeah, that's basically it, man. All right, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Al John. Thanks to me, man. And uh, Happy New Year, buddy. We'll see you when the next movie comes out soon. Definitely. Who are you? I'm no one. Thank you to everyone who has tuned into this special Star Wars Talk to Me podcast episode. Gotta thank Jason T. Smith. Gotta thank Casey Sweet. Definitely gotta thank Al John Go for coming on the podcast. Make sure to go check them out. Go check all of them out and all of their wonderful, wonderful online goodies. Thrifty Business with JNA, Al John's WDW Tiki Room, Al John's WDW After Dark, and also his pro wrestling cast. Make sure to go check all those shows out. Make sure to let them know that you heard about them on the Talk To Me podcast. So, also going to say thank you to everyone who's been listening. Obviously, this is the last episode of 2015. 2016's already looking great. Talking to some guests today about coming on next year in 2016. Do me one favor. Make sure to go to iTunes. Give me that five-star rating. Give me an awesome review. It's going to help the podcast out. 
let everybody know that you're listening to the podcast, sharing the podcast on your Facebook, sharing the podcast on your Twitter. Everyone's doing such a great job spreading the word for the podcast. So thank you to everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed the Star Wars Episode 7 episode of the Talk To Me podcast. So until next week, hope you guys have a great week, and may the Force be with you. I think George Lucas going to sue somebody. 